I'm your host, Michael Walters. Today, my guest is a buddy of mine, Cameron Slaughter, who I know through flag football, through um, mutual friends, things like that. He's played in my uh, charity tournament before. If I could just get this stand here to work just like halfway <laughs> decent, that'd be great. Um, and uh, so Cameron is here tonight. We're sitting in, <laughs> I guess, what used to be my garage. It's now like a... a kind of like a big walk-in closet but i got my little uh podcast studio set up in here um cameron first of all thanks for joining me and thanks for you know driving out here i know when you have a family and wife and kids and all that stuff it's tough so <laughs> I, I appreciate you joining me tonight. yeah man no problem thanks for having me um so l- let's start number one just how's everything going right now it's in, good. In, in the midst of covid and yeah i mean it's it's about what you can expect you know hectic and you know trying to navigate work and football and family and finances and you know and when are we going to get our vaccines and when you know all that so it's hectic but you know we're living we're we're blessed so we're good you know did did you guys have any situations with covid like did anyone get it uh yeah we actually lost my papa he passed away in november um he was relatively older he was in his 80s um Good man. Uh, yeah, he passed away. He had it for probably about a week or so, and then you know, succumbed to it. But um, half of my family on that side, um, they had it, but most of them recovered except for Papa. So, right. um, on my wife's side, no, not really. But you know, half of my family on my Papa's side. What about what about just like in your house? You know, you. No, wife? no, we had a few scares. I've been tested four or five times. Okay. Um, my wife has been tested, you know, four or five times, you know, all negative. But um, but we had a few scares. We were scared for a second, but we, we, we turned out pretty good. So, so I don't know if you're like me where I – okay, so COVID really got going, I would say, probably February, March of yeah, 2020, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So very beginning of the year. Uh, in, in January, I really felt sick for like three weeks straight. Yeah. I just couldn't get over it. Did, did you experience anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I was actually talking to my wife about that. So like in November, December of like 2019, uh, I had surgery, oral surgery. But previous to that, I was sick for like six weeks. Like, <laughs> like I was like, man, this is not – it's not the flu. It's not – you know, we got tested for the flu. And, and my daughter was really sick in January. Uh, and it all just kind of went around the household and we, we were like, what the heck is going on? And so, uh, we, we were kind of skeptical whether it was COVID or not, you know, right. <laughs> it right. was, it was like bad, like bad yeah. sickness. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I just felt like I was sick for multiple weeks and, and I'm not, I don't get sick. Like mm-hmm. I've never been that guy that gets, has yeah. multiple, like I've never like really had the flu. The only thing that I really struggled with when I was younger, right around my birthday in February, every year I used to get like really bad sinus infections yeah. once a year. Yeah. Um, and it would like 
man, it would floor me like to the point where I couldn't even get out of bed. I couldn't change. Like I couldn't go from laying down to standing up because I would just get so lightheaded. I mean, it would just tear me up. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, man, I haven't been tested, but oh, really? But I, I have a feeling that if I were to go do like the antibody test, that uh-huh. they'd probably be like, "Yeah, you have." You've one. had this before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it would be one of those weird situations. But um, so w- what about the mental side of it? Do you, you know, you mentioned you were tested five times or whatever. Yeah. It, I know that when I thought that I might have had COVID, mm-hmm. that my for like the first time I was like man should i go get tested and 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 you kind of let your like mind get into it a little bit mm-hmm. and and you you almost convince yourself that you have it before <laughs> even like going to get a it's test it's like uh, looking your symptoms up on wikipedia or whatever yeah. <laughs> my, my wife is like very like um what's that website like webmd yeah webmd yeah, dude yeah. she'll hop on there and she'll have just the just the most minor case of like a flu or mm. a common cold or something and then and then she'll go to the other room and look look on WebMD, and then she'll come back and she'll be like, "I have cancer, AIDS." <laughs> like she's just like t- telling me all these things that she has. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, oh, "Well, I was on WebMD." I'm like, "Okay, problem number one." Yeah, that's that's where yeah, you, that's, that's where, where it started. started. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so enough of COVID because we're lucky to be healthy and yeah, we're blessed to be yeah. healthy, really. Uh-huh. Um, but so so let's start. Tell me. Tell me, tell me a little bit about Cameron. Where, where were you born? You always in Texas? Or? Yeah, so I was born on uh, Matlock, the Matlock Hospital. Uh, shoot, I, I can't remember. My daughter was born there too, but um, I was born in Matlock, uh, uh, South Arlington. We, were, we, we lived there for probably about nine to ten years, and then parents split up, and me and I lived with my dad for a summer. Okay. And then um, after that summer, we ended up uh, moving over to North Arlington by Lamar High School. And then, uh, you know, we lived there. I lived there until after high school. And then once I was done with high school, uh, uh, I moved in with my buddy and uh, went to college. And so I've always been in Arlington in the, in the area, you know, okay. yeah, born and raised. Um, so so talk to me a little bit about, um, I guess, about your parents splitting up. Is mm-hmm. it, did, did that happen really early on or? Yeah, I mean. I guess you can relatively say that um, I was nine or eight or nine. Okay. Um, you know, and at that age, you don't really understand what's going on. Like right. you do, but like you don't grasp the whole concept or you whatever. Ju- it's so. just one of those things where you're like, oh, I live with my dad now or my mom now or whatever. Yeah, I mean, instead of both of them. You know, I, I hit puberty at nine. So it was yeah. like I knew what was happening. Like I knew they split up or whatever, but yeah. I didn't know what was happening like behind the scenes or the reasons why they split up or, you know, stuff like that. So. Did you? Well, I guess nine's a little bit young, but did yeah. you? Did you care to? Um, did you care to like ask questions, or did did that come years later? Yeah, I mean, just throughout lifetime, really. Um, I've always been one to ask questions if I if I'm curious, you know. Um, so I mean, me and my mom were pretty close. Um, we would talk about it, and uh, me and my dad were not close at all, so he never really gave me insight on what was happening. Right. And if he did, it was never his fault type thing, you know? And so, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I've heard one side of the story. I, d- I haven't really heard the other side, you know what I'm right. saying? So. Um, you know, my um, my dad passed away when I was in seventh grade. And um, we used – I guess I kind of always grew up thinking that, like, my dad was 
the enemy because he wasn't there. Yeah. And in my mind, I used to always think, like, as a kid or whatever, I would always think, man, if I ever meet my dad, I'm, a, you know, I'm going to kick his butt. I'm yeah. A, like, I'm going to fight him because, yeah. y- you know, you get this thing kind of in your mind. And it probably didn't help that my mom didn't have very many nice things to say about him. Really? Um, well, she didn't have nice things to say about him because he kind of broke her heart. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't because she hated him. Mm-hmm. It was just a man you broke my heart yeah. so yeah things are different yeah. um but you know it, it it's crazy um how much sometimes women are much more willing to talk about some of that stuff than the men are yeah i guess um, i mean sometimes that could be a coping me- mechanism you know right. but um i guess from experience i i kind of realized you know that's just i'm that way too you know i like to speak uh, from experience and I, I like to talk things out because and that's a relatively new thing I haven't always been that way um, yeah. it just you know it, it helps kind of lay everything out on the table and you kind of figure out you know why things happen the way they did and what you can learn from it you know what I'm saying so and and I feel like you know women are really good at kind of analyzing and, and like figuring why situations happen and stuff like that mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm not against it. <laughs> yeah. Um, w- one thing that's a little bit crazy, you know, we were in our uh, – on Thursday nights we go um, – uh, we're the leaders of we, – we call them life groups at my church, but mm-hmm. they're – it's like a Bible study basically. Yeah. Um, one of the things we were talking about was um, kind of the positions in church, you know, like the Bible talks about um, – men being the leaders of the household and mm-hmm. women being at the side of the man as the leader. Um, this specific verse that we were going off of was talking about how women need to, um, women need to submit themselves to their husbands, which to a woman, any type of, I mean, I'm sure you could probably speak this about your own wife a little bit, you know, uh-huh. um, if, if a woman here submit themselves to their husband, they're like, any strong-willed woman, independent <laughs> woman, it's like, whoa, like, I submit? Yeah. Like, I don't like yeah. that word, you yeah. know? Because um, my mind, you know, we're both sports guys. Mm-hmm. When I hear the word submit, yeah, I, I, I immediately go to, like, mixed martial arts. Yeah, you're, you're like tapping out. Yeah. You're tapping out, yeah. Yeah, you're quitting. <laughs> and so I'm like, I understand the grief there. But mm-hmm. we got into a conversation, and we talked about um, – there's this podcast I listen to with former NFL guys. Um, it's called I Am Athlete. Have you listened to it? I haven't. So it has Brandon Marshall, Chad Ochocinco, oh, wow. Fred Jackson. Oh, wow. I have um, no idea. Yeah, it's, it's great. But they were talking about this uh, toxic masculinity where, mm. where um, women growing up are taught to express emotion more than men are. Uh-huh. Um, and, and Brandon Marshall used a perfect example of if I have a son and a daughter and they're playing together in the backyard and they both fall off a, like a swing and scrape their knees, the reactions to a young boy and a young girl are completely different. Yeah. The young girl, you I mean, you know, you have a daughter just mm-hmm. like I have a daughter. Mm-hmm. The young girl, you go over to your daughter, you pick her up, you coddle her, you say, oh, is is everything okay? Do I, you know, do I need to kiss it? Whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Like that's kind of like the dad yeah. with, with the girl. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times dads with boys are like, don't cry. Yeah. Get up. You're, like. tough. <laughs> You're tough. I yeah. don't want to see a tear, you know? And so yeah. what that kind of does, Brandon Marshall's point was what that kind of does is it, it, it teaches the young women to express emotion, but it kind of closes the door on, um, on, the uh, ex- expressing the emotion for the boys 
And so yeah. as you get older and you turn into a man, mm -hmm. you have no, if that continues, you have no like avenue to express your emotion. Yeah. And so like when we talk about like dads wanting to talk about a divorce or any of that type of stuff, mm -hmm. a split up, whether it was ugly or, you know, both agreed on it, whatever. Um, I, I just feel like that's, there's a little bit of that there, you know, where mm -hmm. you're like, man, maybe it's, maybe women are just a little bit more comfortable talking about emotion than men are. Yeah. Um, especially when you start talking about other cultures, people from other countries, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So mm -hmm. you, you think that has anything to do with it? When, when as far as my parents go? Yeah. Uh, no, not, I mean, maybe my mom was raised to be tough. And so, um, but she, she knows how to tread the fine line of like being tough. And then also, you know, being, an open book is you know if I'm, if you get what i'm saying so yeah. but my dad he was shoot man he was raised he wasn't really raised well so i don't think he knows how to express himself you know what i'm saying so right. it took me shoot it took me a long time just i had to go through high school college i mean it it took me i just recently in the last three or four years learned what it meant to communicate and what it meant to express myself and what it meant um you know mental health what, how important that is you know it took me a very very long time and a lot of experiences um that affected me to 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 learn how to do that properly and and part of that is because my father doesn't know how to do that properly you know so um most of the stuff i've learned from my father is what not to do you know right. and um and you know there's a lot of people in that same boat or whatever but um but yeah i mean it it, it takes a very long time to kind of get a good grasp on being a man <laughs> and also being able to express yourself you know <laughs> yeah. you know i i think i think a lot of it is you know you, you talking about just recently learning about how to um how to deal with this um learning how to communicate, mm -hmm. you know, I, th I think a lot of that is spiritual maturity. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, I don't believe that things happen on accident, especially, yeah, when, especially when we start talking about spiritual things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, let's take just how I even reached out to you. Yeah. To ask you to come on the podcast so I could interview you, right? Mm -hmm. Do you or do you not believe that that was that you were praying, talking to God, mm -hmm. and then it happened the same day. Do you believe that that was a spiritual thing or not? Well, I always tell my wife that God's timing is always perfect, you right. know, and, and I truly believe that. I, I will always stand by that because just throughout my lifetime in the last 15 to 20 years, you know, you can't really explain divine appointment. You know what I'm saying? Like right. things happen. You're like, oh, that's that's God. You know, that's right. not that's not timing. You know, that's God's timing. That's not my timing. You know, so and you can't really explain it. You know, yeah. it just happens. And you're like, and you feel it. You're like, oh, yeah. that's that's God's timing. You know, so but I agree. Yeah, no, that's divine timing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, cause for, for the listeners out there, I literally sent you a message on Messenger mm -hmm. and I said, hey, which, and, and I'd been thinking about it for a little while. Yeah. Um, we can get into more in this later, but one of my weird things about me is I think that I'm a very good people reader and yeah. I can sense energy and things like that. Yeah. Um, I knew you had a story. There was just something about you. Yeah. Um, there's 
there are people in this world who really struggle with being authentic. You're not one of those people. No, thank you. You're man. just like that. you're you're real. Yeah. And, and that's when when you take into account the amount of people that one you already know, mm-hmm. um, and then we start talk about we start to talk about flag football, right? Mm-hmm. And okay, let's compare it across the United States. What are the three states that are the meccas for flag football? Texas, Florida, and what's the other one? Maybe Louisiana or California or something. Honestly, man, I've really been impressed with the fellows up up in the East State, the East Coast. Okay. Uh, New Jersey, like okay. New York, uh, SI Bulldogs, all those guys. Right. Brian, you know, th- it. I wouldn't say they're mecca, but they're right. they're top tier, bro. Like right. <laughs> they're not bad. <laughs> right, but but there's Texas is in the conversation. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely Texas. And yeah. so, like, I'm just specifically thinking about the amount of people you run your own league, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The NTX FFL, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So the North Texas Flag Football League. The yeah. amount of people that you run across. Yeah. And have signed up just in your league, mm-hmm. not to mention tournaments you've played in over mm-hmm. the years, all that stuff. Yeah. You've you know a lot of people, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I know guys like, you know, guys that we've all played against, like, mm-hmm. you know, Hoosh runs his. I mean, they're as clean as it gets from top to bottom, right? right? Mm-hmm. It's easy for a guy like that to become kind of like Hollywood, and, be, and when someone oh comes up and says, "Oh man, I really respect your game," blah blah blah, stuff yeah. like that. It's easy for people like that to um, lose that authenticity that they naturally have just because you're meeting so many people all the yeah. time you know it's difficult mm-hmm. but with you you haven't lost that and that that's the point i'm getting at mm-hmm. um but when we talk about when we talk about the spiritual part of all this right mm-hmm. your response to me when i asked you was ten thousand percent and yeah. you put so many zeros in there and i'm like <laughs> hold on he didn't put a comma so it's a thousand percent and so it was ten thousand percent and i'm like oh okay and then we started talking and you're mm-hmm. like man i was just talking to god this morning yeah. like what do yeah. you mean it was quick you know? it was quick yeah. response <laughs> and so um all that stuff you're absolutely right god is never late god is always yeah. right on time and one of the cool things about when when divine intervention happens you know yeah 100 percent. like feel there's it. no question you, it. It. you just know yeah and so that was that was my feeling in the moment. I was like, dude, <laughs> this God, is cool. God yeah. is kind of like <laughs> orchestrating some things. Uh-huh. Um, and and I'm just happy to be a part of it. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good feeling. Part of the reason I do this podcast is because, um, w- you know, I, I a lot of people think that I'm joking when I say this, but one of my things is like. I want to be the Christian version of what Joe Rogan is. Yeah. Not that I need to be this smart guy and know uh, Joe Rogan's a very intelligent guy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not even like a per 10% as intelligent as him, and uh-huh. that's fine, but I just want a story to come across these airwaves that I can put out there where somewhere someone else down the road can download it, listen to it and be yeah. like, "Man, that guy's got an incredible story." Yeah. Um, and it's going to help me walk this path that I'm getting ready to walk. And mm-hmm. the reason I know it's going to help is because he's already done it. And look look how much better he is for it now yeah. because he went down that path. Yeah, so I completely agree with that. Yeah. that I'm, I'm hoping for that. Yeah. So. Um, so when I hit you up, I was like, hey, dude, give me like some dates, right? I mm-hmm. was like, give me some dates, Yeah. Um, moments in your life, uh, important dates in your life that uh, – 
that that just are important to you, changed your life, any of that type of stuff, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I want to hit on this for a second. Um, let, let's transition out of the whole divorce thing. Uh-huh. Maybe we'll come back to it later. Maybe yeah, we won't. Who knows? Uh-huh. But you specifically put in 2006, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Virginity. Yep, yeah. yeah. That's a... It's a big thing. Yeah. It's a big thing, but like in today's world, it's not really a big thing. Yeah, but in the in the Christian community, it's a big thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Outside of it, I mean, kids are losing their virginity early. Fourteen years old, thirteen yeah. years old. I mean, super, super early. My cousin got pregnant when she was thirteen. Really? Yeah. Like, yeah. dad wasn't there, all that type of stuff. So uh-huh. there wasn't the like right support system. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so things are different. But like, I want to hear like your words. What What do you have to like? Can you expand on that, like what that means, how it affected you? Yeah, yeah. So, I, it's tough. So when I in two thousand six, I was twelve, right? Twelve turning thirteen. Um, it just kind of happened out of nowhere, and that's young, right? So, it's so young that you don't really know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's all new to you and and all that. So and I and I was homeschooled for a lot of my life. You know. I didn't go to high school until I was 17, and I had to start over, and I was a freshman at 17 years old. Um, <clears throat> Why'd you have to start over? It, it, just the way that we did homeschooling apparently didn't count towards credits. We did it wrong or something like that, and I was okay with that. You know, I was like, okay, well, whatever. I just want to go and experience high school. You know, I want to go experience. So what? So what? You did you graduate high school like? I skipped my sophomore year, okay. and so I graduated. I was supposed to graduate. In 2012, I ended up graduating in 2013. Okay. So I was 19 when I graduated. Okay. And it, it, to not me, that, like, that's not that, not that bad, you know. Yeah. I looked old. You know, I looked 30. Yeah. Everybody thought I was a sub. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, but anyway, so um, it just kind of happened. And, and and I didn't really understand what, what I did. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't understand the repercussions of it. And a lot of people are going to be like, well, repercussions, it's just, you know, it's just sex. Well, when you're young and you're trying to find your identity and you're trying to find, and at that time, the only interaction I've ever really had with people was through church. I used to go to church every Wednesday, every Sunday. And so I was spiritual. So I knew the repercussions spiritually, right. you know, because I was raised to think that you were supposed to wait till marriage or whatever. And so it really did a number on, on my soul and, you know, and, for four or five years, you know, until I was 16, 17 years old. Um, just a lot of asking for forgiveness, a lot of, you know, what have I done? Um, a lot of, like, wanting to be cleansed, you know, stuff like that. So uh, it it really affected me mentally and spiritually. Um, just doing it at such a young age, it's just like, you know, you haven't even grown up. You, you don't even know what's going on. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? No. So, so is just to get a little background is growing up in church is are we talking traditional style church a non-denominational baptist no it's like, a christian baptist okay church, yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's i mean my church is a non-denominational church oh but, yeah but it's as close to baptist as you can get really? without actually yeah. like saying hey we're baptist yeah. you know <laughs> so that sometimes depending who you ask that could come with kind of a negative connotation yeah, there yeah. but um okay so so, um, I guess what was your, what was your, like, what was your 
the point that helped you move past that, right? Because you, you mentioned about I have I have that feeling spiritually that I I just want to be cleansed. Like, yeah, I've I've something has been taken away from me, or I gave something away mm-hmm. that I can't get back. Yeah, like right once mm-hmm. once you lose your virginity, you can't get it back. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah, um, I attended a lot of uh, a lot of uh, what are those called? They're the like the missions where you can like where they specifically talk about sex before marriage. You know what I'm talking about? Oh shoot, I can't remember what they're called. It's like True Love Weights or something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and they I, specifically I, emphasize what it means to wait till marriage and if you haven't, you know, now is your time to recommit, you know? And so that kinda helped as far as like, oh okay, well I can just recommit. But my problem is that I can recommit, fail, recommit again, fail, recommit again. You know, you, you see a trend. So right. I kind of struggled with that. You know, I've struggled with that all my life. It's like, okay, well, I'll just ask for forgiveness again. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of people struggle with that. But, um, but yeah, so I attended a lot of those, and those kind of helped. And um, I, I cut off a lot of – I so the girl I was dating that I did that with, I cut, we kind of broke up, I cut her off, and, and we kind of stopped talking. Uh, we kind of rekindled back in high school. Not rekindled, but, you know, we talked again or whatever. Um, so I cut her off, you know, I rededicated myself, I attended True Love Weights, I attended church, I asked for forgiveness constantly, this and that. So it took about four or five years of, of just constantly, like, reminding myself that it's okay, you know, like, God's with you and stuff like that. So. Right. Yeah, you know, some of it's some of it's interesting also because it's like, I'm not justifying sin or whatever you want to call it by 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 any means, but mm-hmm. I feel like some some of it's just like immaturity. Yeah, yeah. The I mean, ages of thirteen to nineteen, like yeah. you're really trying to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I know in those ages I was like I was just wildly immature, doing yeah. whatever I wanted. No one could tell me anything. Yeah, and just kind of like, what am I even? gonna be doing with my life you know Mm -hmm. i had a lot of those questions and so Mm -hmm. you know constantly thinking that so i think i think immaturity and just like um not knowing who you are or what you want to be or any of that type of stuff plays Mm -hmm. plays a very big part in that it's um yeah i mean i definitely immaturity definitely i mean my mom has always done a good job of um instilling good morals in us um she she did a a good job at, at raising us but um, yeah, definitely immaturity and, and just the theme in my life is learning from experiences, right? So, and that's just pretty much where it all began. You know, I learned from that experience. So what else, what else can I learn? You know, <laughs> like what is God trying to tell me through, through these experiences? So, yeah. Um, so let's see here. Let's, let's talk about, oh, okay. So one thing I will say is there there aren't a lot of kids who lose their virginity and it and it impacts them like that you know yeah um, yeah and so you transition into being a worship leader for your church for for the youth group right yes yeah so I started playing bass for them when I was it was like thirteen and fourteen so soon after you know the whole virginity thing um, cleansing myself or whatever uh, recommitting and and so a part of that was. I uh, started playing bass for them, and then um, my youth pastor at the time was realized that I'm kind of good with people, you know. So 
uh, I had a, a positive effect on the youth group and the people in there. And he said, hey, I want you I want you to lead worship. I want you to. So I taught myself how to play guitar. I did. I wasn't a singer. You know, I watched a lot of YouTube. So I taught myself all these things. And I was like, OK, I can do that. And so I led worship there for probably 10 years, you know, so. Man, YouTube is such a magical thing. Oh, I learn everything. Dude, I've, I've, <laughs> Stocks, I've, guitars, dude, everything. <laughs> I've learned so much from YouTube. It's insane. Uh, you know, I have a uh, I have a tree business that I do on the side. Oh, I haven't yeah. done it in a long time because I haven't, like, really needed to financially. Yeah. Um, but I remember when I first was like, dude, how do I even cut down a tree branch without <laughs> dropping it on someone's house, you know? You, you yeah. put that on YouTube? <laughs> dude, I, I looked it up on YouTube. <laughs> And I've learned so many tricks about, really? well, s- specifically, like, just cutting trees. Yeah. I've learned so many things about. <laughs> That's but, like, I mean, I remember when I first had to, like, learn how to tie a tie. I was like. Oh, I use YouTube for that, too. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I got to figure this. I remember I had, a, I had a Mac back in 2007, and I just bought. I have a Mac now, but I just bought it. Mm-hmm. This is my new child. Your new baby. Yeah, yeah, it's my new child, yeah. by the way. <laughs> um, but I had a Mac back in 07. In, in high school, well, I guess after high school, but um, I, I, w- I think I had a job interview or something. I don't remember. Maybe I was going to a wedding or a funeral or something like that. And I remember standing with my Mac, with YouTube pulled up, looking up how to tie a tie, <laughs> in my buddy's grandma's bathroom. Really, being like, dude. <laughs> we gotta leave in twenty minutes. This tie has to be presentable. It's not gonna tie itself. in the next twenty minutes. And my buddy's grandpa is old school, right? He's he's from they're, they're from um they're from Oklahoma, from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. And uh, he said, "I'm gonna show you once, and then I'm gonna untie it, and you're gonna do it." Yeah. Obviously, that didn't work. Yeah. And so he's like, "I'm not doing it again." And he refused. You to probably do got it. really flustered. Huh? Yeah, I was like, "Oh, dude!" Like uh, my heart rate was climbing, all types of stuff, you know. So. I um, I'm just in that bathroom, dude. Just trying to figure it out with YouTube. Just yeah. me and YouTube, man. And eventually, I figured it out. And, and I'm pretty sure nowadays, if I were to see that knot that I put in the tie, I would just be like, dude, you look ridiculous. That's abysmal. But <laughs> but at the time, at the time, I was all you wanted dick. was for it to be tied. So yeah, <laughs> I was like, dude. As as long as the two the 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 tails that come down, mm-hmm. as long as the bottom one is not longer than the mm-hmm. top one, we're good. Yep. You know, and so that's that's all it really was. But YouTube's incredible. Even if the bottom one is longer than the top one, you just cut it. You know, <laughs> cut it. Yeah, you, you can cut it. Mistake. You can cut it, or you could just uh, put it inside your button-up <laughs> yeah, shirt. Yeah, <laughs> and hide it behind the front piece. You know, yeah, nobody has to so, know. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, so how long did you? Uh, how long? How long did you lead worship uh, for, pro- for almost a decade, probably a little bit over. Um, I used to do it. I did it at one location for um, for eight to ten years, and then I transitioned from that location to a new church in um, in Irving, uh, and I did it there for a few months. But at that time, I had just become a general manager of a, br- a restaurant, and things were getting real hectic, and it's just all these things at once. So I kind of stepped down, and, and that was the last time I led worship. Um, and you know, I've kind of been ever since then itching for a leadership role. Um, as far as just anything, really, because I stopped managing restaurants and went into a trade, a uh, diesel mechanic. So there's really no real leadership there, you know what I'm saying? So um, that's why I started, you know, I'm flag football league, so I can do my own thing, be a leader in the community and all that. All right. 
So let's transition from there because, I mean, we, we talked about homeschool and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this. I remember when I was in middle school, we had a kid who was homeschooled. Mm-hmm. He wanted to play sports, but he didn't go to our school, so he was homeschooled all day. And then when school was out, he was in our district or whatever. So oh, really? He came and played football with us. Oh, wow. But, let man, I'm sure you get this all the time. Are all homeschool kids – Awkward? La- lacking <laughs> well not not just awkward because i've met some that are awkward uh-huh. and specifically in churches there's a lot of homeschool uh-huh. kids in yeah, churches there is M- my church there's a lot of public educators really so if someone comes in talking homeschool this and homeschool that mm-hmm. a lot of the women kind of get up in arms about it because they're like i'm a public educator you're not going to come in here saying you know talking bad about public school because they take a lot of pride in what they do yeah you know? uh-huh. um but are are a lot of homeschool kids, or do a lot of homeschool kids lack social experience? Like, uh, I mean, for a lot of my teenage years, you know, I was kind of, I was never really awkward, you know. But it's just like, y- you don't get the daily interaction, you know, with other kids. So, right. um, from my experience, you know, a lot of the homeschool kids that I met, I, I some were awkward and some weren't. You know, it's kind of hit or miss. Like nobody's ever known that i was homeschooled for 17 years you know this is the first time publicly that i've said that (laughs) you know nobody none of my friends know except for you know nick and and all them but yeah and my wife knows obviously but um, i mean i would hope so (laughs) yeah so yeah my wife knows everything i mean hopefully when she listens to this she's not surprised by anything (laughs) um uh if she is then i'm sorry but um but yeah no no nobody's ever known that i was homeschooled but from my experience all the homeschool people i've met Half of them, it was about 50-50. You know, I have cousins that were homeschooled, and, and they turned out, they're pretty good. You know, they're not awkward or anything like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, so did you grow up playing a lot of sports and stuff like that? Cause, uh, really? I mean, because if you're not in school, right, you got to get your social interaction somewhere. Yeah, so, so I did karate as a kid. Nice. Um, I did a little bit of taekwondo did myself. You? Yeah, yeah, I got to, like, advance orange belt, and then I ended up quitting. Um Really, my only outlet for sports was either church, uh, which was flag football, or um, uh, when I met when I moved over to the apartments where Nick lives. Uh, you know Nick? Yeah, we yeah. just talked about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he was my outlet for sports. We used to play football, and we, we would get the kids together, go play basketball and stuff like that. But organized sports, no. When I first started playing sports was when I first entered flag football back in 2016. <laughs> it was okay. the first time I ever played organized okay. sports. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, when I was a kid, I was really tiny. So, like, you? my dad, um, yeah, so my first day of ninth grade, I was four foot 11. Really? And I'm trying to think of how much I weighed. Probably 110 pounds. Dang. I mean, I was tiny. Yeah. I'll tell you now. I know six that. Foot. When I got out of the car, I was like, wow, you're, you're kind of tall, dude. I'm six <laughs> foot. I have really bad posture, so I, I, uh, I slouch a lot. Oh, okay. And so I, ha- I had this professor when I was in college in Seattle. His name was uh, Dr. Reverend Dr. David Ellingson. Really? And he used to always tell me, stand up tall. Because one day he saw me, I was preaching at a chapel because I went to a Christian college. Uh-huh. So I was preaching at a chapel. And I was standing up tall, obviously. I'm speaking publicly, things like that. And we went down for lunch after chapel, and he was like, I don't ever want to see you slouch again. Oh, really? Because to him, it was a world of difference. Yeah. One, he was sitting down, so it looked a little bit different. Yeah. And he's not very tall. He's a short guy. But mm-hmm. um, he always said, I want you standing like 
stand up straight. And it's probably, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, it's probably a confidence thing too, right? Standing up straight. Oh, yeah, for it sure, helps you man. Better, or it helps you more I mean, with your confidence. You, maybe you can attest to this a little bit, but, um, so I, a lot of people don't know this about me. I was born here in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. and when I was 11, I moved to Seattle because I didn't know my dad my whole life. Yeah. So I moved to Seattle, met my dad, and he was like, hey, I want you to live with me. For you, whatever you reason. You lived in Seattle? Yes. Oh, okay. For whatever reason, him and my mom just lost contact. Wow. And so I didn't know him my whole life. Yeah. I knew him up until I think. So you met him when you were 11? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um. And like we were talking about earlier, you know, you're like, when I meet my dad, I'm going to beat him up, you know? That was my thought the whole time. And then when I met my dad for the first time, I'm like, he's the coolest person I've ever met, you know? And uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong again, but a part of that is you want that male figure in your life, you know? So when when my parents split up, you know, I realized that I I don't have that male figure. I mean, my mom got remarried, but... And he was a great guy, but it, it just wasn't, you know, my dad. So I right. guess seeing your dad for the first time, I was like, oh, wow, this person's in my life now. You know, this is my dad. So, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm glad you got to meet him. That's good stuff. I was like, I look like this guy. <laughs> you, you know? <laughs> this is my dad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, if you if you look above you, if you stand up, you can look above you on that top shelf. That's my dad's Bible, and that's my dad up there. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, so my, my dad's Spanish. I'm. Oh, half, really? Yeah, I'm half Spanish, half. I think I'm half Italian. I don't know what percentage Italian I am, but I know I'm at least half Spanish. You should do one of those DNA things. Yeah. Oh, the uh, like a 23andMe yeah, thing you or something. That yeah. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bought my wife one of those for Christmas, uh, I think two years ago. Really? And she, like, they send you all types of stuff. Do they really? They're like, oh, you're a percentage of this, you're a percentage of that. Mm-hmm. You know, your ancestors include, and famous people, not famous people, just like important wow. figures in history there's it's very detailed that's crazy i mean it's like 200 bucks so it better be detailed you know what i'm saying <laughs> i want full reports yeah, man <laughs> yeah i mean need quarterly reports after this but uh but yeah um I, confidence is a very big deal yeah especially if yeah. you don't i mean growing up it's and i i think about this often but just because i've lost my dad yeah. and and it really bothers me when i don't when I hear people, when they know that their dad's living, but they don't care to have a relationship with him, uh-huh. a, a part of me is like, man, dude, you're lucky to have your dad. You should yeah. do whatever it takes to mend that relationship. But uh-huh. then there's another part of me that's like, man, people aren't They're, always, not, they're great, not on that. Yeah. People aren't great, but also people aren't operating on that same wavelength, right? Yeah, yeah. So, if, I mean, me and my father – um, I mean, he's alive. You know, he's around. He lives like in White Settlement or something like that. But, I, I, you know, we'll get to that soon whenever yeah. you're ready. I, there was a moment in time where I was standing there and I, and I, I made a mental decision. I was like, "This isn't gonna work." You know, this. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's good for me to be around this person anymore. You know what I'm saying? So. And we'll get to that whenever you're ready. But <laughs> yeah, well, I I saw something you put on Facebook the other day that was talking about. Um, I think it was just you just shared something. Uh-huh. It was a little it was, article, yeah. Or yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was the article that said, you know, sometimes with family, it's it's better at a distance. Yeah. Because. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that, like that for everybody. You yeah, know? It, it's really not. Yeah. But but there are 
certain situations where, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're trying to – any motivational speaker will tell you this, right? If you're going a certain direction and it's a positive direction, mm-hmm. you're trying to grow spiritually, you're trying to make more money, you're trying to be successful, you're trying to create the best life you can possibly create for you, yeah. your wife, and your kids, right? And if someone's over on the other side holding you back and they don't want to go the same direction you're going, mm-hmm. then why do you care so much that you need to drag them through it? Because yeah. that just becomes a burden <coughs> for you, and then you have and then you have less for your family and for the things that you care about. You know? Yeah, and, and a lot of people will try to mend relationships with family specifically because they're family, you know? And, I, and I'm all for that. Like, if you feel like there's i don't know depending on the situation a certain type of forgiveness inside of your body that you can give that person and you can make it work then you should make it work you know but for me i I, and me and my dad have never talked about any of this stuff but i forgive my dad for the reasons why i cut him off right you know i'm at peace within myself with that but i know that continuously putting myself in that situation is only going to be negative for myself, my mental health and my family. Right. So, and that's when I made that decision of like, you know, well, this isn't going to work. So, um, you know, if anybody's listening and, and they're wondering, you know, should I fix it? Well, yeah, you should, you know, that's your family. But at the same time, don't be afraid to cut that, you know, cut that rope, you know? So, well, it's like any relationship, whether you're talking a marriage, a friendship, a whatever relationship between a parent and a kid, um, relationships take compromise and they take communication and mm-hmm. they take um, an equal percentage from both parts. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they're always an equal percentage yeah. because, I mean, we can get into it, but uh, marriage sometimes is, hey, you're not at your best, so your wife might have to do 60 or 70% yeah. while you're trying to get stuff together. Yeah. Maybe you're sad, depressed, you know, uh, professional life isn't going the direction that you want it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would be lying if I said I've never been there. Yeah. Um, I'm there like twice a month. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> it's a yeah. common occurrence. Yeah. And so, it, <laughs> and, and same for, same for the other way. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta do some things mm-hmm. and, and be 70, 60, 70, 80% as well. Yep. While, while your wife is trying to figure out some things for herself. It's you know? important in a marriage to communicate that though so if you're at 30 percent your wife you know your wife should know that you're at 30 percent and right. she should know why you're at 30 percent so that she knows within herself okay well i need to pick up the slack or whatever whatever slack that because you know men carry a lot you know yeah our 30 percent i don't want to say is more of us being at 30 percent makes takes it, it creates more damage than when your wife is at 30%. And I don't mean that in a negative way, right? Because we hold a lot of burden and, and as men, as husbands, as, as providers. So, and, and women do too. My wife, you know, she does as well. But, you know, when I, I can see the negative effect when I'm at 30%, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't want to make anybody mad by saying that. But, um, you know, but the, the point of that is that your other half should know you should be able to communicate to that, that to them. Uh, so that you're on the same page. So, yes, communication is, is very important. Yeah, and so, like, you, you know, your relationship with your dad, you know, it, it takes work from you and work from him, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
if I say anything you don't like, no, you, you, just, okay. you do you. I'm, okay. I'm here for you. So. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you had mentioned earlier, like when you when you started talking about like your your parents splitting up, uh-huh. you you mentioned something. Oh, it wasn't his fault, or he was pass, or he was saying that it wasn't his fault, or mm-hmm. he was passing blame yeah. to someone else or to something else. Yeah. Um. I re- I read this thing earlier, and I actually took a screenshot of it because it. It's just like some of the truest, just stuff I've ever heard. Do you know who? Um, do you know who, Evan Britton is? No. He used to play in the NFL. Um, Evan Britton. Eben, E B E N. Oh no! Um, no so I, you know that Mike Tyson podcast, Hot Boxing. Yeah. He was w- he was the host on it, like the season one with Mike Tyson. Oh okay. Um, but he's a very spiritual guy and all that stuff. But, um, this this is so true. Just in case anyone needs to hear this, he he'd put on Twitter. He said it is much easier to play the victim than to take accountability for your life. Yeah. Taking accountability means you will have to obliterate the identity that you so tightly cling to, which can be very painful, but is the most direct route to spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think about that a lot. Yeah, I'm not dropping any names, but there's some people in my family specifically that are always the victim. Yeah, um, mine too. Yeah, I have a yeah, couple family members. Yeah. Like that. yeah, and so like when you talk about, you're not sure if your dad is. You know, you you said it was never his fault, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, in my mind, I think, oh, so he's the victim. That's mm-hmm. where his mental state is. Yeah. Um, do you think that was something? I think there is a – you can kind of see a trend with that. Um, you know, I can't speak for him, so I don't I don't really know because right. we've never talked about this. So, mm-hmm. But from an outside perspective, yeah, I mean, definitely you can tell that there is a sense of – uh, he's not really aware of himself, right? So he he's just kind of immature in, as far as that goes. He, he hasn't really – you can tell when somebody hasn't taken the time to educate themselves in that category, you know. So yeah. – and, and I feel like he's, he's he's a part of that, you know, so. Okay. Um, l- l- let's move on because I want to – I want to get into talking about kind of like – how you met your wife and okay. all that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. your wife's name is Sarah. Yeah, my wife's name is Sarah. How did you guys meet? Um, so I graduated high school in July of twenty, June of twenty thirteen. Um, I was actually with another woman at that time. Uh, I had just started doing theater productions in twenty twelve. So and I was you saw her and dropped everything. No, nah, oh. well, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, so anyway, so I. I was going to go to a university, but in order for me to skip my sophomore year, I had to attend a community college for two years, right? Um, <clears throat> so I ended up going – I ended up at Tarrant County College, uh, southeast campus, off of 360. Okay. Um, and two days into it, uh, I was in my acting class, and the teacher said, hey, um, we have auditions for the Laramie Project. Uh, would you like to audition? I was like, yeah, I would love to. Um, so I ended up at auditions and she was actually with another man at that time as well, who was also a part of those auditions. We actually did the show together. Um, so we met, uh, we actually did, I, I think if I remember correctly, we did a scene together. Um, she was wearing this floral dress and, and, uh, you know, the moment I saw her, I was like, wow, that is, that is a beautiful young lady. So, 
Um, but, you know, I respected the fact that she was with another man, you know, for a short time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're like, you're like, but screw this guy. Yeah. So, well, I met him and me and him were kind of cool. We played disc golf together. Um, okay. You know, I never have, I never. I, I feel like a, I should say a disclaimer. I have no ill feelings towards anybody that I mention, right? right. I'm, I am at peace, right? So I have forgiven myself for the things I've done in the past. Um, I forgive my father. I forgive, you know, people who I've come into contact with. So, um, so let's just get that out of the way. You know, if I'm speaking like I have ill feelings, I don't. I have no ill feelings towards anybody. Uh, anyway, so I was cool with him. Uh, we played disc golf together. I used to play disc golf a lot. And um, anyway, more we, me and my my wife now, uh, there was a, a certain point in the play where we were close together for a longer period, a longer time, right? So, and throughout that time, you know, we were cracking jokes silently and and just kind of bonding and getting closer. Um, and so that that that's kind of how it started, you know. We used to throw parties at our apartment all the time, and so I invited her over, and she brought her boyfriend, and you know it was all cool or whatever, uh, you know. And it just kind of we just kind of dropped, we just kind of dropped everything, you know. And and I I think about that often, right, for the people that we've wronged to end up together, but I'm also not sorry, right, because we love each other very much, and and um, you know, our story isn't necessarily the right way you should go about doing things but um i will say again that god's timing is always perfect and 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 if and if you have to burn a couple bridges to kind of get there um you know you have to do that you know so but yeah that's kind of how we met we met in college doing theater so it's also one of those things it's like man if you see something you want Mm -hmm. go after it yeah i mean you only you only live once, right? right. <laughs> no, that no. is what they say. No, um, I mean we wronged we wronged some people to get to that point, and and uh, you know that's something we've talked about before. Um, you know we we I guess have forg- I've forgiven myself for that. I know said person probably hasn't forgiven me all these years for that, um, but you know. It, she's in a good place i'm in a good place my wife is in a good place you know Mm -hmm. the person that she was with has a baby he's in a good place so you know i mean i guess it kind of worked out for everybody you know yeah man it it forgiveness is one of those things that is necessary because Mm -hmm. if you're constantly holding on to something and you just Man, I'll know. I know that, like, when I've had a grudge in the past yeah. for this or for that, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I need to. Like, I always tell myself, my pastor always says this, so he it, it sticks in my brain. He always says things like, "You need, you need to do business with God." Mm-hmm. What that means is, you need to come to the throne. You need to pray. You need yeah. to, you know, ask God to remove that from you. You need to get to the point where you can forgive yourself and forgive other people because mm-hmm. a lot of times forgiveness is a it's a uh it's a thing in your own heart because yeah. holding on to something forever does more damage to you than it does to the other person. Mm-hmm. How many times have you heard a story about a person who is just so mad at this other person and then the other person years later finds out and like, oh, I had no idea that guy was mad. Yeah, so you spend all that energy and all that exactly. time being mad for no reason. You're like, <laughs> you, it's like tearing you up inside. You yeah. can't function. You can't sleep. Mm-hmm. Man, there's times that I've been mad about stuff. I can't sleep. I mm-hmm. wake, 
Like, I'll go to bed at, like, 11. I'll wake up at, like, 1.30 in the morning, and yeah. I'm staring at the ceiling for three hours because I'm, I'm boiling over about yeah. something. Yeah, I've been there, man. I, um, I know exactly what you're talking so about. So it's, it's forgiveness, forgiveness is necessary in moments like that because you have to be able – you have to be able to um, move past that mm-hmm. for the sake of you mm-hmm. and you're just your own mm-hmm. your own reasoning for being normal mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's stressful man it is stressful you but might, it's you important. might you might it's find a gray hair in your beard one oh, day man, because I've, of it I in the last four years have <laughs> developed so many gray hairs <laughs> but how old are you uh, I will be 28 this year okay I'm yeah. 33 yeah. and I don't have any yet so you don't wow no, I'm God I, bless you <laughs> I know dude hey but it's on its way because I think the the Spanish side mm-hmm. of my family all the men none of them lose their hair which I'm kind of I don't know if I'm going to be the first or not. <laughs> My hair's not thinning by any means, but I'm just I wear hat yeah. all the time. Yeah, me too. And so I'm like, oh, yeah. maybe one day, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. So, but but the the Spanish side of my family, the men they they don't lose their hair, it just turns white. Oh, okay. So that's not bad. Yeah. It's like it's like any any typical. Women love that. Your wife is gonna love that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Remember when Brett Favre was like the silver fox? Yeah. Maybe I'll turn into a sil- silver fox when I'm like 45 or yeah, something. Work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So I want to talk about. You don't have to get into details, but um. So in 2014, you find out your now wife is pregnant, right? Uh yeah. So. Yeah, so we were together for four months, and um, it just kind of happened, you know. I, I, in 2013, I lived with my buddy and, and my then-girlfriend's cousin. Um, I met Sarah, uh, and, you know, me and her split up, and, and then I ended up moving in with her and her parents. I lived there for a few months, um, and, you know, yeah. It, parents. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say anything bad. It, right. It, it, it. it it was good for us, and, and and you know you have to experience those types of those types of living situations to appreciate the living situation that you have now. You know what I'm saying? So, and and, and you looking f- looking ahead, right? You're like, okay, so if I'm gonna marry her, I'm marrying them as well. Yeah, it, like that's gonna be part and of a my common, family now. And a common trend, and this dates back to my parents splitting up. And a common trend. When I am with a woman, I grow really attached to their fathers, right? And that was just me searching for that father figure, searching for yeah. that type of, you know. I'm and, the same and, way. Yeah. I, I, atta- I, growing up in church, uh-huh. I, the older guys in the church who were leaders in the church, yeah, I always, exactly. I always yeah. found myself being like, okay, the guy that's like, I'm, you know, I'm 16, right? The mm-hmm. guy that's like 23, yeah, we're cool or whatever. Yeah. But the guys that like that's like 50 mm-hmm. and knows how to fix things and mm-hmm. needs help with stuff, yep. I get more of connecting with them than I do with the guy who's like 23. Yeah, exactly, know, so. exactly. So, so anyway, with that, um, you know, I was I was very fond of her father. Um, I, I still am. He's he's a great guy. He he's very knowledgeable, very spiritual. So, um, he always had you know words of wisdom and. So it, it was good for us to live there, um, you know, and, and I mean, like any any household, things went south every once in a while, whatever. Uh, so we ended up moving out and getting an apartment. But um, but yeah, so we lived there and then and then we four months into it uh, around April, we fa- we found out that she is pregnant with Olivia, who is our daughter now, who's almost seven. Um, 
and it wasn't i'm i am the type of person that's not ever scared of a situation right so if i'm if i am in a situation i i take that situation head on right so i'm, I'm never going to run from something because i want to learn i want to get the most out of any situation that i can um and so when we found out you know i wasn't scared i was like oh cool let's do this uh and we ended up getting engaged right and people were like oh shotgun wedding like no we actually love each other like yeah. <laughs> you know it, yeah people are quick to judge certain situations and, and i hate that but you know it is what it is but um we ended up getting engaged and you know we didn't get married for four or five years after that but um but yeah i mean that was that's so stressful yeah well you know we we had a lot to we were young you know 1920 yeah um and that's a lot you know i was 20 years old with a daughter, a baby, um, GMing restaurants, and you know that's young. That's yeah. You you get a lot to figure out, um, and so I ended up going through a lot of stuff in the fourteen or twenty fifteen twenty sixteen years, uh, just kind of figuring out everything that I should have figured out beforehand, um, and that's why we split up or whatever. But um, we ended up getting back together. But yeah, that's that's how we figured it out. You know, she took a test. It was positive and, and we just went from there we loved it you know i would never change that my daughter is the most important person in my life right so right yeah. absolutely especially from a dad to a little girl right oh, like yeah. mid- little girl like changes you yeah yeah it makes yeah she is a part of the reason why in the last three years i have kind of figured into this good person like i don't want to be like conceited or whatever but i know my my heart is good my intentions are good with everybody right and but i'm not stupid i know when people are taking advantage of me <laughs> you know right, what i'm saying right, of course, yeah. <laughs> um so earlier we talked about kind of like when you're young you're discovering who you are and mm-hmm. what you want to be why you're here what you're supposed to do all those things talk to me about the time that you and sarah split up uh, so what was that? So was that something that you were like, man, I need to discover who I am a little bit. Do I need to grow up? A little I kind of like I, so my story isn't really anything special, but it's a lot of common things that a lot of people go through that should know how, you know, what to get out of that experience. Right. So in 2015, we started our, I guess my third year, we took a, a hiatus from college right and so we went back to college together um <clears throat> i ended up growing fond of another woman right and so i kind of went through this stage of like i want to drink again i want to party again like i want to i want to meet other people this and that and that was so stupid of me to go through but i feel like it was important and imperative to become who i am today right so i don't i don't this is something we've talked about before together but I regret it to an extent like I I shouldn't we shouldn't have split up but I think that it was important for that to happen for us to love each other as much as we love each other now you know and and because Sarah you know without a doubt in my mind right now Sarah is the person for me right and I know that because of the time that we were away from each other so we were only away from each other for like three months right um, I was That's with, a long time, though, when you're used It to is a long time when, when you have a baby you, yeah. and, and all that. Um, I was with another woman at the time, uh, you know, drinking freaking every night and, and spending all my money. I almost lost my apartment. I almost lost my car, uh, you know. But 
and people are gonna be like wow cam that's you're a scumbag i'm not you know those are things that everyday people go through you know and and I don't want to say it's okay to go through it, but if you're going through it currently or if you've been through it, it's important that you look at that situation and you find why God has put you through that, right? Allow it allow it to mold you in a sense, yeah. right? So allow, you allow need, it to grow you a little bit. You need bit. to take or not you, but in general, I this is how I do it. I take the negatives and the positives from every situation and I'm like, "Well, what can I do in the future?" Uh, or what what is this teaching me for the future right because god's timing is always perfect so whether that's something that happened to me in 2015 molding me and getting me ready for something in 2021 you know i don't know why god does the things that he does or why he lets us go through these crappy crummy situations but they shape you and they mold you so i don't regret it but i regret it but you know it, i am who i am today because of it so yeah, yeah um Man, it, it seems like every guy that I know that is married and is happily married, mm-hmm. maybe not that exact situation, but has a situation that was a point of like, um, like a point of like, what am I doing? Yeah. I should be over there. Why am I over here? Mm-hmm. Like, I need to switch this up. I need to go back to yeah. what I know I was supposed to be doing, you yeah. know? Um. I'll say for myself that my wife and I we we didn't have a situation. I never left or anything, mm-hmm. but you know, we had I was living the single life and yeah. I wasn't really sure how serious things were and even though vocally to her I had said that things were very serious, but like in my own mind, my own like past life kind of shady business that like mm-hmm. single guys go through yeah, all the time, you yeah. know. You you would say one thing to them but then doing something else and Mm -hmm. so um i i feel like there's a point that all young men go through where they discover yeah like hey um i'm not supposed to be here i'm supposed to be over there yeah um god's always on time and god brought that person in my life for a reason Mm -hmm. um with my wife i'll say that she's very She's a task type of person. Mm-hmm. She likes to get things done. Mm-hmm. She like you know you could put a you could put a piece of paper in front of her a checklist that had fifty things on it. She's gonna do whatever she can to get those fifty things done in one yeah. day. Yeah. To me, I'm like, dude, can we do those tomorrow? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but the great thing about her and about our marriage is that like in the past when women would say. Hey, we got these things we need to do, blah, blah, blah. I didn't care enough. I was like, whatever, I'll do them later, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just wouldn't care. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. respect it. I wouldn't listen. Mm -hmm. With her, she, like, makes me better on a whole nother level. Like, um, she can attest to this. Like, didn't have any money. My credit was jacked up. I owed all types of money in student loans. And, I mean, just, like, Anything you could think of, you know, just I'm a boy living in a man's body, basically, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, is there any of that with your wife where she just makes you, she oh, makes you want to be better? 100%. I, yeah. yeah. Well, 10,000%. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I mean, man. Yeah. I mean, my wife, she, I just, I can't even put into words the impact that she has on me. Right. Cause she is so good at at education and 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 being like she's graduating 4.0 at uta right 
in in the next month, and that's incredibly hard to do in college, right? Well, she's smarter than she's smart. Most bro. of like, the people she, I know. she is very very smart, <laughs> right? And and I'm not a classroom person. Like I want to go make money. That's all I want to do: help community, go make money. You know, help my family. <laughs> that's that's all I want to do, right? I don't want to sit in a classroom. But my wife, man, she she doesn't want to do it, but she perseveres, man. She does it, and and that is so. I take that. I see that from her. And, you know, I want to do that with work. And, you know, because work, I, I hate going there. I don't want to be there, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I if my wife can do it in a classroom for six years, then I, I can go put in 12 hours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I take, I mean, I just take so many things from her. She's the funniest person I've ever met, man. And she's so sincere. She loves, she loves the hardest I've ever seen somebody love. And, and she, she doesn't, she doesn't waste, a lot of people waste time and they don't. And, and they don't express themselves, right? But my wife, man, she's every moment she gets, she tells me she loves me. She, you know, she's very expressive. Um, and, and but we had to learn, we had to learn to be that way with each other, right? Like I haven't always been a good communicator. I haven't always been a person that can express love. I haven't always been um, a person uh, with words of affirmation, you know. So just those experiences man you know and being without each other it, it it brought us to a point now where you know we don't want to waste any time you know we love each other you know and and i think that's important for people to hear like if you're on the fence about something like figure it out <laughs> don't waste any time you know and, and that's one thing i love about her man she doesn't waste any time she gets her schoolwork done she you know it's just it's very 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 impressive the way that she handles herself and 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 I take that and I do that for myself as well, you know, so. You know, I, man, is she, does she plan on listening to this? At some point, I'm sure she okay. will. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she gonna... supports everything I do, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. you, dude, I don't you, even you... think she knows. What's funny is she doesn't know what we're talking about. I bet she thinks we're talking about sports right now. <laughs> oh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so here's a good thing. I'm just going to get you some brownie points here tonight, okay? <laughs> You've already said a lot of good things about her, right? Uh-huh. So, one of the things that I think when I hear you kind of tell your guys' story a little bit is the first thing I think of is you're incredibly lucky, blessed, that when you were gone for three months, basically being an idiot, mm-hmm. that she allowed you to, to come, back. come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> uh huh. And it took a lot to get to get that from her. Um, I mean, we both did things during that time that we both were not proud of, right? Um, so, and I'm not going to get into her side. I'm not going to speak for her, but... You oh, know, you don't need to get any details at all, but I'm just... Just the idea of... Yeah, no, I'm very... Being able to come lucky, back yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, and, and be one again, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's That's a, a big deal. It's, I mean, it's still something we deal with today, you know? You're always going to deal with... When something of that magnitude happens, you're always going to deal with it. It's never going to go away, you know? And And... That's something I've kind of come to terms with. Um, so, I mean, I know it's never going to go away. So, but you know, I am very lucky that she that she loves me the way that she loves me. Um, so, one of the things as a married man that that I often think about is if if you could if you could pinpoint like one thing that like if if your wife sat you down. Right, and you mm-hmm. guys are sitting on your couch in the living room on mm-hmm. Tuesday night or something, and mm-hmm. she was like, "Hey, what's the one thing you love about me more than anything else?" Mm-hmm. What would you tell her? There's just so many things, man. But I mean, just 
the one thing I love about her the most is that she doesn't waste time, you know. And I haven't <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. I haven't really expressed that to her in that way. So when she listens to this, she's gonna be like, Oh, that's kinda new. But yeah, that's one thing I really love about her, man, is that she that she every moment she gets, she tells us that she loves us, you know, me and my daughter and, and our you know, our new kid that's coming. So um, she just has a lot of love to give and she gives it in the right places, right? She doesn't she doesn't waste her love, which it's I, I love that about her. So Yeah, one of the things that um that I I don't even know if my wife's gonna listen to this, but I'll <laughs> say it anyway. Um Um one of the things that I love most about my wife is it's it's very difficult to find someone mm-hmm. that just has like a pure heart, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously not everyone has, like, a completely pure heart. Mm-hmm. But, like, the idea of, like, my wife goes out of her way to um, not have to inconvenience anyone, right? Mm-hmm. So no matter what it is, from the simplest thing to the most extreme thing, she's going to do whatever. Like, she would rather be inconvenienced than inconvenience another person, yeah, right? Yeah. So pure heart, I mean, she – she pours so much of her energy into her friends. Yeah. People that people that she cares about and that can kind of care about her a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. She deserves like so much more than I give her and all that yeah. stuff, but she's just so incredible with like with her friends. Like I hit that's why I hit you up a while back pre-covid and I was like, "Hey, we need to get together for a barbecue at my house or something because yeah. like our wives would probably get along oh, yeah. very well. Yeah, yeah. Sarah gets along um, with everybody, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my wife's very, like, reserved and stuff like that. Yeah. She doesn't know people, but mm-hmm. once the ice kind of gets broken a little bit, mm-hmm. then she's good, and mm-hmm. she's just such a loving person that it's like – and she's a Hall of Fame gift giver. So, oh, like, yeah? That's really? a, dude, she's, like, on another level. For really? my 30th <laughs> birthday, she was, like – one of my best friends from college was getting married, and she, for my 30th birthday, she was like, here, here's a plane ticket to Seattle. See you in wow, five days. really? I'm like – That's intense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She was like, go to his wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so I was like completely caught off guard, and I was like, dude, that's so awesome, you know, <laughs> to me. Like, I, I mean, love you so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That's it's, cool. it's, it's just one of those things, man. Yeah. It's like – I th- I think as a married couple that it's important to think about things like that, like yeah, because you Keeps know, you grounded. You, you, know? You, you know how easy it is to be like when you're on the phone, you're on your way home from work or whatever, and the okay, I love you, bye. You mm-hmm. know, like you say that just well. It's funny easily. you say that, man, because a lot of the guys I work with, I don't I don't want to put their business out there, but a lot of the guys I work with, when I ask them about their marriages and I ask them like, hey, how's your wife doing or this and that they're relatively i know that they love them you know whatever but they're relatively annoyed with they're they're like yeah she's been bugging me a lot this and that and i i was i literally sat down because i work off site i was sitting in my work my work truck and i was like man i i can't i can't that's not me like i want to spend every waking moment i can with my wife when i'm working overtime because right now they have us on mandatory overtime i freaking hate it because i just want to be at home you know, cracking jokes with my wife and my daughter. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't, I, I, I can't, like, I don't relate to that. You know, if my wife doesn't annoy me, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, you know what it is? I, I, I think it's when you just truly enjoy another person's yeah, company, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, and the best thing I can compare that to just in the moment and the experiences that you and I have had together mm-hmm. is like, 
when we've been at flag tournaments and we see like we're on the sideline, you know, we're not playing defense, we're not playing offense, mm-hmm. whatever, and we're watching other guys play and we're cracking jokes on everyone yeah, that's playing. Yeah, you know? Like yeah. that's people talk about flag football and how competitive and all that mm-hmm. stuff it is, but to me that's some of the best moments of flag football. Yeah, yeah. Is when and that's like, how I feel you're on a you're yeah. on another team, you know, you're mm-hmm. on another team and, and you guys are sitting while we're playing or whatever mm-hmm. and then here comes Steve comes around, yeah. you know, Cam Whiteside yeah. comes around yeah. and, and and we're just cracking jokes on anyone and everyone and it's nothing personal man yeah it's just, it's something. just and yeah. i would say anything i say to you on the sideline i would say to them in their face exactly <laughs> you know right it's like we don't ha- we don't we don't hate these no, guys i love those guys yeah, yeah like, steve's like one of my good buddies yeah. i mean cam is too we, we're yeah. close but you know me and steve within the last couple of years it, it, we've gone gotten closer uh right now not so much but you know he's one of my good buddies so he know and i tell him to his face all the time i crack jokes with him all the time yeah it's nothing personal ever. But that, but what that is is that's enjoying another person's company. Yeah, the camaraderie. You know? yeah, yeah, like, mm-hmm. and I say that about my league all the time. I say that football is an added bonus. You know, I, what I get out of that is, is you know the camaraderie with the other other males and giving people a platform to enjoy themselves. You know, the football. You know, we're gonna yell at each other. We're gonna be upset with each other. Blah blah blah. Whatever. But at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. you know, at the end of the day we enjoyed each other's company you know what i'm saying so it's sports it's testosterone it's competitive yeah i mean you're gonna get bad feelings you're gonna get your hurt your your feelings hurt every once in a while but at the end of the day when the games are over everything's said and done like ultimately i enjoyed being with every team that was there right right so totally that's what i get out of football yeah (laughs) yeah um flag football is a whole nother monster oh yeah yeah Yeah. um okay so let's Let's talk about you talk about work, right? So let professionalism mm-hmm. and um, just kind of where you're at, where you were and where you are now. You sent me a note where you said, uh, "Let's see, fired from what I thought was going to be my career." Um, so talk to me about that a little bit. Um, well, I've always I come from the restaurant industry, and I always thought that you know i was gonna run restaurants my entire life right and so but in 2016 of january january 2016 oh excuse me um i hit a roadblock because i ended up in a restaurant at a location with a manager that we just no matter what like we just couldn't get on the same page right and so yeah so it was kind of it wasn't really being fired but he said he was like, well, I feel like I should let you go. What do you think of that? Like, he gave me a chance to fight for myself, and I just straight up said, you know what? I think that's that's probably best. And um, and so, you know, that, that uh, you know, we hit some struggles after I was let go or whatever. And, and so, um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought I was going to th- – I thought that was my calling, you know, running restaurants. And because you're, you're with so many people, you know, anytime I'm able to affect – a lot of people I feel like that's my calling so I know for a fact my calling has to do with whatever I can do to help people right <laughs> whether that's restaurants or flag football or whatever you know that's that's my calling um, but so it you can you can you know kind of imagine you know that hurt me when I when I was when I left right so you know that kind of started the slippery slope of you know everything happening splitting up and all that so but yeah, that's what happened. I, I was, 
Uh, that was at Genghis Grill. I used to be a GM. Uh, I started in Arlington, and then I went to Duncanville, and then I ended up in Fort Worth, Brian Irvin. Dude, that, I got major issues with Genghis Grill. Really? A lot of people do. I love that place, dude. It's so good. No, I actually wait it, tables there again. It, <laughs> it is good. Um, my issue is portion size. Mm. The amount they make me pay for – there's a place over here. Yeah, but you can you control portion size, though. Yeah, but it's based off of the bowl. Yeah, it is. You can't – anything not, outside of the bowl, they won't cook for you. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not into that. Yeah. So there's this place over here that my wife absolutely loves. It's the same thing. Is it? You get this plate. It's the name of the place is called Chan's. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's no. over by the. It's a TCC off of Boulevard Twenty Six. It's a. Um, I don't know what campus that is. I guess that would be considered what North Boulevard Twenty Six. Yeah. In Fort Worth. Yeah, that's right over here. It's technically. I think it's technically North Richland Hills or something like that. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, but anyway. What they do, you go in there, you have a black plate, and the plate can fit these two bowls, right? Mm -hmm. And anything you can put in those two bowls, they'll cook. Even if it's two bowls, yeah. Even if That's it's hang, <laughs> even if it's hanging over on the side. So what most people do is one bowl, they'll load up like all their meats, uh -huh. and everything's like frozen, right? So uh -huh. it's like you're getting frozen meat, frozen crab. What I do is I'll come in there and I'll be like, okay, give me this. I want this beef. I'll put a the cuts of beef are pretty big, so I'll put two cuts of beef in there, and then I'll put a lot of crab because I love seafood, mm. and I'll put a lot of shrimp in there, mm. and then um, and then I'll and then I'll pile vegetables on top of that, broccoli, corn, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the other bowl, um, I fill with nothing but like noodles, so like pasta, okay. right? Yeah. And so yeah. just Starch. the spaghetti noodles, yeah. yeah. And so I'll put that on there. And then I'll turn around, and they have all the sauces and seasoning and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. what I normally do is I put a lot of garlic on it and put lemon juice to kind of counteract yeah, that yeah. garlic sting. Mm -hmm. And then when you go up there, they throw it on the grill for you. And then up there, they give you the choice. Do you want rice and eggs with it? Okay. Because yeah. they'll throw it up on yeah, there. Yeah. Dude, and I'm telling you, we've been going there for years. Really? We've been in this house since 2017. Uh-huh. We've been going there pretty much since we've lived here mm -hmm. and probably before we lived here because she's known about it because she went to TCC. She grew up in Bedford oh, and really? all that stuff. Okay. So we go over there. This last time there, only because I'm doing CrossFit now, was the first time I was ever able to finish one plate. Really? I mean – They let you take it home? No. They don't? No. Oh, no. You got to <laughs> eat it there, dude. How much is it? Uh, I want to say it's probably like ten bucks a person. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that's why I got major issues with with the Genghis, Genghis yeah. dude. It's like twenty one dollars for a yeah. large bowl now. Yeah, I'm like, dude, listen, okay, <laughs> I can get so much more at this other place, but yeah, it's just I got major beef with Genghis, dude. They <laughs> major need to, beef. Yeah, they no need no pun to, intended. Yeah, they need to. <laughs> th they need to figure it out and, because there's one right down the street from me. Is there? Right down here, off of uh, off of thirty five. I think that's Fossil Western Ridge. Center. I think that's Fossil, Fossil Ridge. Ridge. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I got I got issues with them. They need to figure it out. Cause I would go over there no problem if they. I were remember we we had a test in uh, Duncanville. That was our test tour, and they tried a uh, unlimited bowls, so you could go back through as many times as you wanted. And I can't remember if it was a large bowl or not, but people, man, you just couldn't take it home. So kind of similar to what you're talking about, but you could get as much food as you wanted to and it was just it worked for a minute but it was just ridiculous that the food cost <laughs> was well the the problem with it is 
I feel like the problem is people's eyes are bigger than their stomachs. Mm-hmm. And you can't take it home, then they get mad. And they, well, <laughs> not only do they get mad, but there ends up being a lot of waste. Yeah. And so, like, that's what I'm saying. Food costs are. Yeah, from a restaurant stuff. perspective, you're just kind of like. Why are we doing this? Like you're like, we need to control this because people are coming in and just really. Mm-hmm. But this this place, Chan's over here, they let you do to go if you wanted to. Oh go. really? That's but good. you can't just you can't eat in and then to go mm-hmm. right. If you wanted straight up to go, then you can take it. Um, and I think they just started that with COVID actually. Did they? But yeah. Um, That's my favorite thing about COVID. I know that sounds weird, but yeah. like the margaritas to go and like. Like places being lenient with their food and stuff like that. Like I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's been kind of weird, right? Yeah. Because before Texas was like, nah, dude, you're you you could not take alcohol outside of a restaurant. Yeah. And they, now it's like, oh yeah, take three. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, dude, uh, just uh, we're gonna take the lids off. <laughs> yep. And uh, you just gotta take them to go like that. And mm-hmm. so like, I remember the very first time we went to on the border, like back in April of 2020 when COVID first started, we got two margaritas. And they were taped so heavily because they don't want you drinking them in the car that it was just ridiculous. Like, like over the top? Like, yeah. So they taped the the lids to the cup and then, like, taped around it. Like, <laughs> like they made sure that when you got home, you had to use scissors to... <laughs> Dude, to, I'm stabbing a hole in the top and I'm, I'm, I'm putting a straw in there or something. I'm you know? shotgunning this yeah, margarita. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to waterfall this thing. Like, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That is kind of crazy how COVID has changed a lot of things. You know? So much leniency now. Like, you no longer you can work from home. You can do school from home. Like, it's just funny what COVID has exposed. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, like, we talked about this earlier. I'm we're in this little podcast studio in this closet. Mm-hmm. I start a new job on Monday. Really? And it's right here. Is it really? Yeah. I'm trying to do that. So yeah. Like you got the hookup. <laughs> I, de- I definitely do have the hookup. Really? So, yes. Oh, 100%. We will talk offline about that. Absolutely. I got another buddy a job just by telling him where to go. Wow. Okay. We're trying to hire a lot of people. That's great. Yeah. yeah we'll, definitely interested. We'll talk about it. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but, uh, okay. So, tell me... We, we, we talked NTXFFL, obviously. You're running one of the best in... And and I can say this for you, mm-hmm. you could humble brag or whatever, but um, I'm just gonna tell you, you're running one of the best flag football leagues that Dallas Fort Worth has to offer. <laughs> Thanks. I've man. I've played in different leagues for different like you know city rec leagues and uh-huh. stuff like that. I've played, I've played um, obviously flag football X. I feel like anyone yeah. has. Yeah. Um, and it's not a shot at flag football X no, by any means. It's Dennis just, is great. Dude. Dennis yeah, just Dennis runs. Great stuff. Dennis runs on such a high level. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got um, he's like running, all of America. Like, yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> if if you meet if you meet another flag football player in another part of the country, yeah, that's, he knows. He, Dennis. He, <laughs> he has to know Dennis. Yep. There's no way he doesn't. Uh-huh. He could probably be like, dude, I got Dennis's cell phone number in my phone right probably, now. Probably, man. Dennis yeah. is that kind of guy. Yeah, but so. One of the things I I have yet to play in your league just uh-huh. because are you on a roster this season? No, I need to be. Oh, I thought you were yeah. playing Cam. No, okay. I I mean he's the Dingoes, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think he's. I've been working out so I can get my speed back. My yeah. speed's been gone for a hot minute. Me too, man. It wasn't it wasn't even all that great to begin with. But <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a lot of squats, dude. So really? hopefully, hopefully, I get Is my. That speed supposed back. to help with speed. Or? Squats? Oh yeah, yeah dude. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. You ever you ever hear a, a guy come out and play in a flag football tournament? He's got a beer gut. He the first thing they always say is, "Man, I need to do more squats." 
I honestly have never heard it's of that. It's Explosion. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So, um, but anyway, I was like, I'm a I'm a route runner. Like, yeah. that's my, if, if you told me, hey, what's your one thing that you do better, you think you do better than most people, I would say route running. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Dude, I'm skinny and white. What else? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, um, <coughs> no, but, but yeah, so just, you run, a, in my opinion, a great league just from like, giving these teams, you know, the, just the different things you offer of, like, keeping stats and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. I yeah. remember Cam threw five picks in a game, and he got roasted for an entire week until the next game started 100%, the next week. 100%. Yeah. 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 And so I I love that about your league. I think, oh, yeah, I I think that's that. incredible. And I think it's hard. And maybe you can speak to it, but is it hard to keep? stats for everyone all the time oh yeah yeah are you paying people to make them take stats no so uh well man i mean i do a lot like so i ref i take stats you know i used to have a scoreboard that i would run my scoreboard myself so i would do all three of those things at once and it it became a lot so like our first season we had like six teams we were little uh and this season's our biggest season yet we have 12 teams and uh, so we've doubled in size since season in three seasons right and you need to hire some people dude i need to hire people yeah Yeah. (laughs) so um i'm still gonna ref but i'm definitely gonna hire somebody i'm trying to get i'm trying to work out the kinks of taking stats on an application on your phone uh rather than a clipboard and freaking tally marks like i've been doing yeah, um, I, see, I see you out there in the sun with your um, with, with your hat on, demon, protecting dude, your yeah. ears, dude, yep. and your uh, and your what do you call those chubbies? <laughs> your little shorts. <laughs> like, man, he's getting the best upper thigh tan. Oh, you've 100%, ever seen in your life, yeah, dude. dude. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So right now, the the whole system is tally marks, and and we keep yards and pigs and fumbles. Well, no fumbles, but um, you know, receptions, touchdowns, whatever. You know, I try to keep every stat I can just to keep people interested, right? No, that that's that's cool because like quarterbacks are the ones that are like yeah i threw you know i had five touchdowns a day mm-hmm. and whatever mm-hmm. but it's cool for a receiver to say yeah i had six catches or 10 catches mm-hmm. and yeah i had 200 something yards yeah so the and first season we only took receptions and touchdowns for receivers okay and then the second season i was like well that would be pretty cool if we could if i could somehow just kind of not guesstimate but you kind of on the fly have to be like oh well that was 22 yards oh that was like 18 yards so so it's tough, but I mean, overall, it's like it's pretty cool for receivers to be like, yeah, man, I had 197 yards today. That's crazy. <laughs> On I mean, an 80 yard it, field, like, <laughs> yeah, because if you if you saw that in like an NFL game, you're like, dude, dude had 197 yards and yeah. two touchdowns. He yeah. balled out. What do yeah. you mean? And a lot of people think we play one game, but no, a lot of teams play two games, so their right. their stats are doubled or whatever. But it's like back to back. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so. So some people you'll see like, dang, he had eight receptions for three hundred yards. Like that's crazy. Yeah, no, that's over two games. But that's yeah. still pretty crazy because one fifty a game. So. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's nuts. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so what's your favorite part about it? I uh, know it's your thing. It's your business. It's uh, your my fly football league. Yeah, uh, the camaraderie. Uh, I really enjoy uh, giving people a platform to enjoy themselves. Um, and a lot of people. You know, we're, we're like a family. We fight, we argue with each other, we yell at each other. But, uh, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, you know, the guys know. My whole thing with this is, like, when I die, like, they're going to remember NTXFFL and they're going to remember Cameron Slaughter as that dude really loved every single person that came through, right? And so that's what I enjoy the most, man, is just building those relationships. Like, you know, friends like Steve and, and you know, his team and, and Carlos and his team and, 
and uh, the knights and you know all those guys i really i re- and cam i really enjoy just building relationships with all the new teams and all the old teams and, and just getting to for lack of a better words shoot the shit with each other you know right. <laughs> you know what i'm saying so yeah, yeah i love that foot like i always say football is just an added bonus to my life right and stats all that all that's flashy it's cool but at the end of the day you have a commissioner you have a person that truly wants to help you enjoy yourself get away from your daily struggles that you know this this guy you know i'm not trying to be conceited this guy really really loves every single person that comes through his league right so and that and that's important to me so okay so where do if i have someone listening that was thinking about joining maybe catching maybe it's a little bit too late for this season right mm-hmm. yeah the season's closed um but what about next season what's your website uh we actually have a website ntxffl.org um, it's been a little while since I've updated it, but okay. uh, you can find us on Facebook, North Texas Flag Football League. Uh, you can find me, Cameron Slaughter. Um, you know, I post a lot about my league too. So, yeah. Uh, and so, if you just contact me personally, you know, I'll, I'll lead you in whatever way you need to go. So, yeah. And do you have um, do you have all skill levels? From yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. Dude off the couch, dude, haven't played in years. I would much rather a team full of couch potatoes come and play than rather a team full of all-stars you know because those guys really just want to enjoy themselves right Right. (laughs) and so yeah all skill levels i mean i'm not gonna say that it's easy because you know like a lot of our teams like the knights are they're trying to repeat this year the raiders won before um it's ytg is coming in and i've i've personally never seen them lose a game Um, me either yeah i've seen them play yeah you know who i'm talking about ytg yeah paul and his team yeah uh so I mean, it's it's competitive, and that's what I like. It's competitive, but also, you know, you're gonna get a lot out of it because we care for the kids. Like, we give gift gift bags and stuff to the kids during playoffs and stuff. So you're gonna be cared for, but also you're gonna play like really competitive football. <laughs> One of the things that I remember about YTG, I think I play. I think I was a part of the team. Someone picked me up, and I was a part of a team that played them in an AT and T Stadium tournament. Oh, what? Like really? Flex. Yeah, and. I walked away from the game after getting 21 skunk and was like, <laughs> I literally said to the dude that asked me to play, I said, so how do you even beat a team like that? Oh, yeah, man. Like, you gotta, they're, you, they're so you gotta fundamentally play. sound, it's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, they're f- that team is full of athletes. And yeah. Paul did a really good job of, you know, Paul, I need money for this. But um, <laughs> yeah. Paul did a really yeah. good job of, uh, of recruiting and putting that team together. And so, uh, the, and especially with Tim at quarterback, Tim's – a really really good quarterback you know so i mean they're they're a good team dude full of athletes it's, yeah. it's pretty nuts honestly yeah that team is <laughs> ridiculous yeah i mean there's there's a few teams like i mean that, any right? team with Corey webb on is yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you, yeah that dude's got like the best oh yeah i remember the first time i i guess i it was like when i moved back to texas and i tried to uh i was in a flag tournament don't remember what team i was on but he was literally he was within arm's reach of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I got this guy's flag, no problem. Mm-hmm. I'm athletic. Mm-hmm. No. No, dude. No. Not a chance. No. He, he, like, he, like, pulls you in mm-hmm. and to just to, it's like just a to get you. It's like, yeah. yeah, he, he gets you to a point <laughs> where, like, when you start to feel semi-comfortable, yep. and then he just, like, yep. you're just done. I've never seen a human being get so low to the ground and not it's touch incredible. their knee on Dude, it. Yeah. it is so <laughs> wild. He's definitely one of the best, if yeah. not the best, you know, one of the DBs best dippers, and, and right? Wide receivers, you know. And he's got it all, man. He can play quarterback, and he's a, he's a good dude. I love Corey, yeah. man. Yeah. 
And he's not that tall, which is what bothers me. I actually find comfort in that because yeah. I'm not that tall. Yeah. So that gives me kind of hope. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like as a six-footer in flag football, I'm like, I'm a dying breed out here. Like, I what should do you be mean? punking these yeah. fools, man. I should, no, not, not that. I just mean like I don't ever get an opportunity to use my height to my advantage. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. the only time I ever do is if I – if for some reason Corey Webb were to line up against me, which he would never do because our speed is complete. Opposite. Yeah, you'll catch him at safety, bro. Like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but if we were jumping for the same, I would I would say, oh, let me use my height in a jump ball. But that mm. dude can jump to the freaking moon. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> like, yeah. there's only one person I've ever seen that could probably jump higher than Corey. I mean, there's a lot. Like if you get into like the Fred McDonalds and the Corey Webbs, and yeah. they're you know up the upper tier. Yeah, dude, how Brandel tall, dude, how tall is Fred though? Let's be honest. Uh, he'll probably listen to this. He's probably like 6'5". Yeah. yeah he's he tall. probably feels disrespect. Yeah. He's like, no, yeah. I'm 6'7". Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's mad. He's like, you're underselling me or whatever. I remember yeah. the first tournament I ever saw Fred play in. Because Fred, he plays a lot, but he doesn't really play, like, locally. He likes to – I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but everything I've noticed, he plays at nationals and Florida, you know, stuff like that. But he played in a, in a quarantine tournament uh, when COVID first started, and, and uh, which uh, – those tournaments have turned into something else, which is pretty successful. But I saw him for the first time, and I, I, I kid you not, dude. He, he jumped for a jump ball over Brandell, and his feet, <laughs> bro. He was at, at his shoulders, right? I swear on my life, he was at least twelve feet off the ground. Oh <laughs> I'll have to show you that picture, dude. Yeah. Like, if you want a social distance, that's how far apart you have yeah. to be. <laughs> You're like, oh, he's safe. Yeah, yeah right exactly. Now. He's completely safe. CDC guidelines, all that good stuff. Exactly. You know? Wow, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Okay, so last thing before we kind of ask you a few more questions before we close You're it out, good? but yeah. talk talk to me about. About buying a house with your family because yeah, I know for me when we bought this house, this is the nicest house in the world, but mm-hmm. it's nice enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I I start to think think about things like like legacy, like right. Growing yeah. up, we were poor, um, like really poor. I mean, we lived out of cars when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, like bad poor. Um, and and to me to be like. I'm the break in the chain from mm-hmm. what my family is. Yeah. Um, because my mom and my sister and my brothers, they all live together. They're doing all right and all that stuff now. But, like, younger years, it was different. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to know that, like, man, I bought this house when I – how old am I? I'm 33. We bought it in 2017. So, what, that's four years. Four years. So, I was 29 when we bought this house. Mm-hmm. Um it makes me think about I've set us up and it's not just me like yeah we use the VA loan and all that stuff to get the house that's mm-hmm. cool but my wife and I together we've set ourselves up and my wife and I have very similar background as far as like parents who weren't leading the right life and all that stuff mm-hmm. divorced parents all that stuff um, but I often think about like man I'm so blessed to be in a position where God orchestrated something in a way that would have had me join the military, serve in a, in, in a capacity that I could leave with an honorable discharge, mm-hmm. um, and be able to position my family in a house like this, mm-hmm. using a VA loan, use my military service to get into the house, all that stuff. 
Um, but it just makes me think about legacy, you know? Like, mm. when you're when your family and your name carries on hundreds and hundreds of years later, you know, say it's 200 years later, maybe one day someone can look back and say, that right there is when the break in the chain happened mm-hmm. for the family, mm-hmm. for, th- for this last name, right? And we were going down, 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 and at a certain point, someone in the family came along and said, I'm not taking what life has handed me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm done with all that. I'm going to create my own avenues. I mean, obviously going along with the will of God and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create my own avenues of what I believe success is. Mm-hmm. And to some people, success is like, oh, I'm not successful until I have – until I'm living in this big mansion and I got all this yeah, stuff and all that stuff. All but to me, yeah. step one of success is doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah, I am in this house with my family. Mm-hmm. My family's taken care of. We're comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's so important to me, just being comfortable. Because I yeah. remember when I was a kid, I was stressed out all the time Yeah, about adult things. But as a kid, I should not be stressing Stuff, about yeah, adult things. I about. should be thinking about a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking about, dude, when can I play my Super Nintendo? Yeah, next, exactly, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to get on this page master or something, you know, like <laughs> are you talking a lot of old things? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, but you know, just thinking about different stuff like that, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I often think about stuff like that. Like, what what have I done? So what is what is buying, what is buying a first house with you know your wife and your daughter and your soon to be newborn? What does what does that mean to you? I mean, it's something I'm very proud of, man. Um, you know, I've always told my family, like, or well, recently, because my sister just had a son, uh, that we need to raise good men in our family, because we have a stigma in our family that's that you know men are kind of uh, the men in our family on on my dad's side, you know, aren't aren't very good, you know, and and uh, the only good men we had were my, my mom's dad who passed away when he was young, and and uh, my papa who passed away in November, uh, and then you know. I take a lot of pride in being a good man for my family, you know, and, and buying a house and setting that foundation for us to have that asset, you know, because we can rent it out or whatever later down in life. And, and so giving giving my daughter something or, you know, my next my next child, whoever takes over, whoever we leave it to, uh, giving them that asset, you know, that foundation for success, that's very important to me, you know. So um, I'm very proud of, of the family that we've become and, and buying that house just shows that, you know, we're serious about, you know, just, just laying a good foundation for our kids, you know? So, and I, I think the same for you. I think that you, you've got a lot on the line. So, you know, buying a house, that's, that's a big deal. You know, right. a lot of people just think, well, it's just buying a house. No, you, you can leave this for your children, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like this is the good thing, you know, cause you know, when I was young, we, we, we lived in the house, but, uh, once my parents split up, we, we ended up in an apartment and we were in an apartment. I was in an apartment until we bought the house, you know, so it's right. a big deal for me to be able to have that backyard for my daughter to play in and, and that garage for me to work in, you know, it, it feels, it, it, there's a certain aspect of like feeling safe about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, exactly. You're like, that's your, go, that's your kingdom, you know, like, <laughs> I can go work in the garage while she's in the backyard yeah, exactly. and feel fine about it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be right there. Yeah. But if you're in an apartment, 
you got to go to a park and at yeah, a park, and I'm not gonna let her play in the parking lot. You yeah, know? <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like exactly. You know. Yeah, so it's good to have that safety and that, that, that foundation for your kids. And, you know, it's important, man. Like, if you can buy a house, I recommend you do it. If not, then, you know, work towards it. You know what I'm saying? So, You know what? I One of the things that I – if there are younger people in my life who – and this has kind of developed over time, but like I said, when my wife and I got together, she, like like – made me want to be better Mm -hmm. and so like a part of that was like financially right she Mm -hmm. yeah she's very financially stable oh really i was not yeah um and so she helped me like revitalize my my credit basically um my credit age was older than hers obviously because i'm older than her but Mm -hmm. um it was not it was not something that i like really thought about yeah and so like nowadays when i hear guys talk about all oh, my credit sucks blah 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 this and that i'm like dude let me talk to you yeah because i yeah i have a lot of knowledge in it now and it's I, i'm not really trying to brag but let me help you yeah yeah like a buddy of mine at work was like oh yeah i'm getting ready to pay off this truck then i'm gonna buy a house and i was like dude what if i told you you could do it right now yeah yeah like <laughs> it's, it's not about paying off debt because mm-hmm. i was like dude credit credit is all about managing your debt credit is debt you yeah. know they want you to be in yeah debt. <laughs> like, like the, the, the guy the guy dave ramsey that yeah, talks dave ramsey, about credit yeah. all the time mm-hmm. you know he's like dude it's not a credit score it's a debt score yeah, it's, it's how well you score, manage yeah. your debt yeah. are you managing your debt responsibly yeah that's how you get a higher score unfortunately you have to you have to have it i mean you don't have to like you can get by without it but i mean it's just something that you're you're stuck in for lack yeah. of a word you know and it kind of sucks but yeah and so um that's one thing that like if I hear young guys talk about this or that, you know, yeah, oh, when I do this, then I'm gonna be able to get a house. And so mm-hmm. I told my buddy, I was like, I used to work with him. I said, hey, you um, don't need to pay off your truck in order to get a house. I said, what's your credit at right now? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, do you have like credit karma? He's like, yeah, yeah I do. So I was like, okay, log in. If you don't mind me looking at your stuff, log in, and I'll give you my advice. Mm-hmm. And his credit really wasn't bad. Really. And so I was like, dude, get a credit card. Mm-hmm. This one over here, don't use it for anything. Yeah. I said buy gas and groceries and with paid it. Paid off, yeah. And paid <laughs> off. <laughs> like don't buy anything else yeah. with it. Don't go out buying stuff you don't need and all that stuff. And I said, do that for six months and your and your credit will jump through the roof, guaranteed. He's like, Oh really? Six months later he bought a house. Oh really? Yes. Wow. That's really good. I mean, he did it out in Midlothian. No one wants to live out there. So. <laughs> but, but he kind of settled. <laughs> yeah, but no, but he got it. He got a pretty nice house out in Midlothian. Yeah, um, I mean, you could get some land out there. Yeah, and so it it's just one of those things that it's like, man, education is power mm-hmm. in the right hands. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, you're not. That's not something you were educated about, you know, in the early years. You know what I'm saying? So dude, I it's something you have to figure out. I which wish is in college that they would like teach you about like. Hey, this is how you do your taxes. Yeah. Um, this is how like checkbooks are kind of obsolete these days, yeah. but like this is how you like should deal with money. This mm-hmm. is how you should deal with your credit. Understand that a twenty six percent interest rate on a on a um, 
$25,000 car when you're done paying it off is probably going to be closer to 40000 yeah, You know, yeah. stuff like that. Understand what that really means, not, mm-hmm. hey, they're going to give me a car. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because once a you start – A lot of people st- think about now. They don't yeah. really care about – Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> because now when you – when you um, what people don't know is like, hey, if you save a little bit of your money, that – and you can put a bigger down payment on something, that interest rate goes from like 26% all the way down to like 7% or whatever it is, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, yeah, just, there's so many things that I wish they would have taught us in school instead of like... Well, it's the system, man. They don't really set you up for that. (laughs) Like when I was in school, I I don't know how long they did it when you were in school, but like when I was in school, we still had like home ec and shop class. Oh, really? No, well, I in, mean, in we have middle school, but in, mid- in middle school. Okay. Once I got out of middle school, that stuff was like obsolete. Yeah, we but. had like wood shop type stuff. But yeah. Like nothing home ec or anything like that. Yeah, we had. We did have child, like child care or something like that. Like, where you like had to take like a little, little baby, fake baby yeah. home. So I was actually yeah. in that class. Oh, yeah. man. It, it was me and then like, I don't think there were any other men in that class. I, yeah, there wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you were like the one dude in a Zumba class. That's what you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, except for I took a lot of naps in that yeah. class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I took a cooking class in high school. Oh yeah. Um, they had a cooking class. I'm like, dude, because I was. I asked the teacher because I knew her because we went to church together. I'm like, so if I take your class, um, what does that mean? She's like, what? I'm like, so if I cook the food, do I get to eat it? She's like, yeah, you cooked it. Oh wow. She's like, if you cook it, you get to eat it. She's like, but understand that. I have to test it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you put 300% more salt in there than needs to be in there, I'm going to fail you. <laughs> said, you can oh. eat it with a freaking 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, you're eating it either way because I'm not going to deal with it. But um, Okay, last thing. If someone w- – we, we talk legacy a little bit, but it, mm-hmm. it, if someone hears this and they hear your story, what do you hope they gain from it? I just want people, you know, just in general, man, it's just like what you're going through is important, right? So instead of like, why me? Just kind of ask yourself, like, what am I going to get from this, you know? Um, and I kind of I kind of live that way, you know, on social media. And I try to live that way, you know, in, in person as well. It's just if, if you – I've been – I haven't been through anything, like, tragic – but I've been through a lot of common things, like I said in the beginning, right? So, and, and if I can overcome and I can become a better person from that, I don't see why somebody else can't. Because I think, relatively, I think that everything is a choice. I think people make choices and, and you can either choose to be a better person from this, you know, from this thing that you're going through or you can choose to be woe is me, you know what I'm saying? So, I just want people to make that choice, to know that I've been through it and if they need me to, to contact me, you know, that. I have no problem. I am. I, I have another buddy who does um, podcasts, and, and I told him I, it's very important as a human being to be transparent, right? As a friend, as a relative, to be transparent because I am no better than the person next to me, right? Right. Um, so, and I, and, and I want people to know that, right? I am no better than you. I have been through what you were going through. I have probably been through that, right? And and if I can overcome that, then 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 you can too right so and it's not the end of the world you know you're gonna get through it you know stuff like that so i hope people see that you know i hope people when they when they think of me they're like you know that's a stand-up guy and and and, uh, he's been through it he's been through a lot he's got a story and and he came out a better person you know i hope people see that 
and if they do then i want them to be able to to apply that to themselves like i can i can be a better person from this from this situation so right well i'll, I'll tell you this because i've heard you say it a couple times you're like my story is it's nothing special it's nothing <laughs> special, <laughs> yeah right? it's nothing special but, so it, here's the thing when we when we talk about spirituality and all that stuff yeah. you know the bible says that there's power in your testimony mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so this is your testimony so far mm -hmm. so i'll say this there's power in that mm -hmm. because we don't use the word average yeah when we're talking about small groups mm -hmm. right so if we if we want to think of it in the terms of money the really poor the really rich those those are very those are smaller percentages mm -hmm. in comparison to everything that's in between right yeah everything that's in between is us mm -hmm. and the average we're not really poor and we're not really rich yeah. right yeah so we're the in between so if your testimony if you consider your testimony to be average mm -hmm. then yeah it's average mm -hmm. but understand that average from a math perspective is the median for all of like say you had 10 things mm -hmm. it's the median of all yeah. those things together right yeah. mm -hmm. so you're reaching the biggest percentage of people that you can reach yeah with an average testimony yeah that's just something i had to say because i believe i'm a very big believer in like you may think your testimony is average but mm. jesus also showed up on earth and took a lot of average dudes to yeah, do some 100%. crazy things yeah. right mm -hmm. And, uh, and one thing I'm grateful for is that in the last two years, I've built, you know, well, I've I've built, but with the help of God and my wife, you know, this platform, you know, and, uh, on Facebook, I can I can reach hundreds of people, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't think that's by chance. You know, I, I feel like I've, I've been given this platform of people for a reason, you know, whether right. it's to be transparent in my testimony or, you know, help them along the way or whatever, but. Yeah, so yeah, I can agree with that. And and one last thing, because you're wearing the shirt, and I just forgot to mention it. It was my oh. it was my plan <laughs> to mention it, but the Facebook group that you created uh -huh. that that I'm also in is called the Tribe. Yeah. So mm -hmm. tell me about the Tribe for a second before we shut down. So the Tribe actually came about in January of 2020 before COVID, right? Uh, it's just a men's accountability group. Uh, we started it. It was me, Nick. Uh, I don't know if you know Quincy and uh, mm -hmm. Scott. Um, Quincy Martin, right? Quincy Martin, yeah, yeah and Scott Branish. Uh, we all kind of just got together, and uh, you know, it, it was derived from the Dead Edge, the podcast, right? So um, Nick was like, "Well, because I, I, well, I personally have always wanted to um, help other men, right? Because mental health is very important. You know, uh, that's something I've come across and something I've come to terms with that if you're if your mental health isn't good then what good are you to your family you know that's just kind of my perspective so right. if you're down in the dumps what what good are you going to be anyway um so we started the tribe um and that's just a men's accountability group whether it's working out you know uh bible studies or or financials we got people that know stocks we got people that know diets we got people that know you know and and it was crazy because we started it in one day and in a matter of 48 hours, we grew from four people, the four original guys that started it, to like, it's like 550 people or something like that. Yeah, right? I was. I think I was one of the, probably the first hundred. Yeah. Because I saw something that you had posted mm -hmm. on there. Mm -hmm. And a guy I used to go to church with, Eric Ginther, mm -hmm. he's in there as well. Yeah. Um, 
I haven't been doing it as much lately. I need to get back to it. Honestly, but, none of us have. We should. Like, yeah. We should definitely get into but it. But I was posting devotionals in there daily. I remember you, you remember. coming to me about that. Yeah, right? and so I need to get back on my game because I write a lot of devotionals. Do you? Yeah. Um, and so that's one of my, like, I think it's like a hidden gift of mine. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't practice it as much as I should. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I have this weird ability to kind of write some devotionals that make sense and apply to people's lives. Cause yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. We've all lived a long life in the short amount of time that we've been uh-huh. actually here on life yeah. or mm-hmm. here on earth. Um, and so, yeah, every, everyone has those gifts. And mm-hmm. so I, I take a lot of pride in being able to, if I'm not writing one, at least share one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's important, man. You need that little, my pastor talks about it all the time. You need that daily dose of Jesus in your life yeah. because it's like it's so important. Because it's like sometimes you just need, hey, let me know things are okay. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. let Some me and, and maybe they're not okay right now, but let me know that things are going will to be, be yeah, okay. Will be okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for having me, dude. Of course, it. it's completely my pleasure, and um, thanks for. Just hopping on here and yeah, being no transparent and telling me your story <laughs> a little bit and I'm always down to help you out with whatever. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I know that for sure. So Okay, cool.